Welcome to the Lindsay and Tony podcast, where we talk about spirituality, business, and life experiences. In this podcast, we're bringing our private conversations to you. We believe that it's through discussion, action, and reflection that true change occurs. Hello and welcome to episode 140. In this episode, we did something a little bit different. I interviewed my husband, Tony, and he never knew what questions I was about to ask him. In this interview, you're going to hear some vulnerable and very personal stories on his journey throughout his life, and he even touches on the work that he does with intuitive coaching and how his life, even as a child, really helped propel him in the direction that he's on right now with the work that he does. And we hope that you enjoy this very vulnerable episode. Hi guys, welcome back. We're so excited you're here. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We thought of the idea of interviewing each other. So on this episode, Tony is gonna be interviewed first. He has no clue what questions I'm asking him. And then I am going to be interviewed on the next episode. So, are you ready? I'm ready, let's do this. All right, so when I ask you questions, these Mm -hmm. questions are gonna be personal and about your business, okay? I'm okay with that. Okay, good. The first question is, how do you define success? I define success by when you wake up in the morning, you're just doing what your heart desires. You're following that, you're following your instinct, you're blocking out everything else from the outside world, all the people, what they're telling you to do, what they think you should do, um, all of your programming, you're becoming aware of that, and you're really tuning into your soul level, and you're just following that. Okay, so when you say your soul level, What does that mean for you, for your soul level? What would success look like in that way? The best way I could describe that is when I'm rollerblading on the pier in downtown St. Petersburg, Florida, Mm -hmm. and I just get into this state of where I feel very light inside. I feel really in tune with the water. I could see the waves flowing. I could sense life and the undercurrent underneath all of that. And that's when everything becomes clear to me. So I think that everybody has different activities, different approaches Mm -hmm. to where it helps them get into that space. Okay, awesome. So that actually brings me to my next question. Um, This is actually more geared to the work that you do. So for those people that don't know about you, we know that Tony is an intuitive um, coach, but can you tell us your definition of what an intuitive coach is on how you work? Right, so basically on my one-on-one coaching, I sit with a client and the best way I could describe it is I become a mirror for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm holding up a mirror and I'm helping them to look at themselves on that soul level, how I was just describing earlier, to get into that state to where we could allow spirit to flow through into that and bring clarity. And sometimes we dive into the positive side of that and other times we dive in to the negative side of themselves. And I help them really just look at themselves with open-mindedness, with non-attachment, and there's power in that because when we start to know ourselves, then we can start to tap into that soul level. We can start to follow those instincts in a more powerful way. Okay, so when you're talking, I'm thinking about 
miracles that I've seen take place when after or during a coaching session, because I've been there live when we're doing something and you're working with people. I've also heard stories about what takes place in your coaching sessions. So what I would love, if you could think of it, one example of a really powerful shift that took place during the actual session or a story that came after you worked with your client. Does one stick out to you? Okay, so the most powerful ones that stick out to me, it's always, it seems to be always when we dive into that dark side of themselves. Because I find on this personal development journey that people tend to really focus on the positive, right? I'm gonna stay positive, I'm with my vision boards and all of that. And so the story I can share without, without giving any names, and this happened, I don't need to give any names because yeah. this happened over and over and over again, is we start to dive into that side of themselves. And I have this incredible ability, which I hear my clients tell me all the time over and over, and I feel it inside of myself to where I have this ability to hold space for people in their most vulnerable moments without judgment to help them really look at themselves. And what happens more times than not is they share something with me that they either never share with another human soul or maybe only a few people. And there's power in that. And that's the best way that I can describe that. Yes. Okay, so after they've shared with you um, something that they've never shared before, mm -hmm. what transformation took place after that moment? What can come up after that moment? Well, what I notice with my clients is, because I work with the empath entrepreneurs, is when this does happen, they start to find this peace that they didn't know existed. They actually start to make more money in their business because of yeah, this. I've seen that with you. And the relationships start to get better because the relationship with themselves starts to get better because they start to know themselves in a better way. Because what I found when we don't look at that negative side of ourselves, it tends to re-manifest into our lives more and more. And when we're not aware of it, mm -hmm. we're not aware that that's what's actually happening. We think that it's, everything's happening on the outside and uh, this is just happening. But when we bring our awareness to that dark side of ourselves, then it doesn't mean that it goes away all the way, right? It might still be there. It yeah. just doesn't have as much power over us and we're aware of it. So then we could act from a more powerful space. Okay. Okay, so just from your comments and because I know you because you're my husband, I know how driven you are. Um, so I'm gonna get into a question that's a little bit more personal, but before I do that, do you have any mentors that you really feel like have kind of helped you form into the coach that you are today? Absolutely, well specifically as a coach, Rich Lippman. He's totally transformed my life over the last, say two years that I've been studying him. I've never met him, but just hearing his approach to coaching, it totally resonated with me and empowered me to just be myself as a coach. And another, another person, Wayne Dyer, he still comes through me all the time um, after he passed away. Um, I, I first heard about him from you, Lindsay, in 2010 mm -hmm. and um, totally transformed my life. Just his approach, I resonated with him on all different levels. And once again, he helped me just be okay with being me. And I think that's what the best mentors do. Okay, so I want to stop you for a moment because you're getting <laughs> emotional and I feel like we should talk about that. Why is this emotion coming up? I think it's coming up because I spent a lot of my life not being, not being okay with being me. 
And when you meet a mentor that helps you like really look at yourself and, and really not just here, do this, do this, do that, but really help you to figure out who you are and be okay with that, that's the most powerful thing that I think a mentor could ever do for somebody. It's beautiful. I love that, and I felt it. Are I you feel trying like... to make me get emotional no, here? <laughs> she's if getting me down. Knows... In, she's getting me down into my heart here, all the way. Well, because that's the best way to get you. I know it is when you're there, which you're usually there yeah. like 99% of the time because you're a very emotional being. I am. So, and this is emotion from power. I'm letting everybody know. Like I feel powerful yeah. when I'm feeling this. Um, just because I'm feeling the power of these mentors and what they've done for me in my exactly. life. Exactly. Okay, so this had to come from someplace. So we're going to talk about something personal. For those people that don't really know you well, where, how did you grow up? What was, there has to be a drive from someplace, you know? Share a little bit about your background as a child. Anything important for people that don't know you? Yeah, well, I grew up with, a lot of love. I grew up with a lot of love. People that really, really loved me. Um, and then on the same end, I grew up around a lot of people that really struggled with mental, you know, their mindset and depression and alcohol, drugs, and all those different things. And it really helped me have compassion for people. Okay. And it really helped me to. Um, dive deep inside of myself. I didn't realize I was doing this when I was younger, but to figure out, wait, why are some people happy? And then why are some people sad? Like, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Is it just we're born this way? Is it because um, some people are lucky, some people aren't? So all these questions were going on in my head and those questions never stopped. So over my last 33 years, I guess we could say my last 28 years since I can remember all of this, that those have been my questions. Okay. Now, when you go back to those moments of being in those situations where you were seeing people that were depressed or seeing people that you know were doing drugs or drinking, whatever it may be, how did you handle that? Like, was there a pivotal moment in your life when you were a child where you thought, I could have gone the other way? Was there something that sticks out in your mind that you could think of far back in time that you felt that feeling? Yeah, so when I was four years old, I actually got in trouble for breaking into houses. At four. At four years old. Yeah, so I had to have a cop come to my house and I don't even know how long it went on, maybe six months, eight months, a year, I forget. Um, and then right after that, at five or six, my brother Mark started to go to the Boys and Girls Club and me, I started to go to the Boys and Girls Club with him. And that's what saved my life, I think, is one, all the love that I had in my family. Like I said, I come from a very loving family. That is a huge pillar. And then another pillar is sports, going to the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. Now, at that point, so if at four you were, you know, breaking into a house and I, at that point, I was like not even leaving the house. I was with my parents. So for you to be out on the streets doing that, you know, who going to the Boys and Girls Club and playing basketball, who was there to support you? Who was your, who was your little cheerleader at that point? Yes. Yeah, so this guy named Dennis, 
he was he ran the Boys and Girls Club. And there was a group of other people there too. They were really great people there. And Dennis really stands out to me because he was like a mentor. He's like this six foot six basketball player who we knew he was successful. We knew he owned restaurants and different things like that. And he would just pour into us. And he was the person. He was he was one of the persons. Um, people. My or one of the people. Sorry, I'm like fumbling over my words. Um, you know, my grandma and grandpa, my aunt Diane and Uncle Floyd, they were very supportive of, you know, bringing us to the Boys and Girls Club and, you know, making sure that we were signed up for the leagues and all that. So I had a lot of support from them and then from, you know, my family. And that really helped to anchor me into all these different disciplines that I learned over the years. So. And, and I could say, living with you, that you are the most disciplined person I know. <laughs> Waking up every morning, working out, reading your book, making the smoothies, you know, working out, just everything. You live and breathe um, consistency. So I will say that. Right, and I really give that to sports. I really give it to all my coaches. I had really great middle school basketball coaches, um, high school. Um, Coach Jackson, Coach Hollander. All those people. Yeah, all those people that just really believed in me. So was that the common theme with those people that you felt like you could look up to? They believed in you? Or yes. Okay. That's yes. Huge. So one thing that I do know about you is you have friends from all over. You know, all different types of friends. Whether it was from, you know, growing up in the, the trailer park that you lived in in that neighborhood to you know who you know from college whatever that range if you could pick a handful of friends that you've been closest with or, or family members what would they say your positive character traits are i would say that i'm very um i'm very disciplined and i and growing up i'll try to put all those disciplines on everybody else <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like i could remember I remember my one friend, Ricky, we're in like third grade, I'm going around the, our neighborhood and I have a tennis ball. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, I'm like hey, man, I'm going to throw this ball to the left. You went over and get it, throw it back to me. I'm going to throw this ball to the right. I'm like, we're doing these trainings. And I'd bring back like all these. still be friends with you after that? Oh, I'd piss them off at different <laughs> times because they're like, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> Sometimes they'd be in for it. But I was really, I was really good, in t like I had good intentions. You know, I'm sure I got into my ego a lot too. I was a kid, you know, I still do at times. But I had good intentions and I really just wanted them. I was like, oh shit, this is like making me better at sports. Uh, let me, uh, and I knew unconsciously this was making me better as a person too. So I was like, let me throw this ball back and forth to him and maybe it might work for him too. <laughs> so different things like that I noticed as a common trend when I learned, you know, fitness, when I got into that in eighth grade and ninth grade, health and fitness, I was like, man, I can remember in high school, I went through like so many different workout partners because it was like, <laughs> a couple of them stuck, a couple of them stuck, but some a lot of them just came and went because I'm, I'm like, all right, now we're gonna go do squats. Now we're gonna go do this. But you do have friends now where you oh, have yeah. workout partners where you've worked out for yeah. years. Where I've seen transformations. They've come to me and said, 
I just lost, what was it, 40 pounds? Or one of your friends? Yeah, 40 pounds. Said, I just lost 40. I lost 40. my mind. <laughs> they lost 40 pounds yeah. for hanging out with you because they're like, when Tony comes back for summer, I'm going to make sure that I can run. And I thought that was a really powerful story because it was. Tony was told the story, but he didn't tell me at that point. Yeah. And But his friend said, did Tony tell you? And I'm like, you look like a different person. He's like, I feel like a different person. Mind, yeah. body, and soul. And they help each other in a lot of ways. So... The other thing I'll say, because I live with you and I know you on a whole nother level too, is you're so funny where you could come up with mm -hmm. the craziest little cartoon things in your head and and um, make the craziest faces, awesome dancing and funny dancing. Um, and the other thing is, is you're so talented at whatever you do. So Thank you. I'm serious. Thank you. And accepting the fact that Singing is one of your top things too, because your voice could be on the radio. So I'll just say that. Um, That's what you're supposed to say. You're my wife. Tony. No. If anyone heard it, <laughs> they would say the same thing. And everyone that's heard you sing knows that too. Anything else you want to add before we go on to the next question? Nothing else comes to mind right now. Okay. I, and another thing that I've heard is you have a huge heart. And that I know. Very sensitive and compassionate. Thank you. Okay, so now I want to know, what does your ideal day look like? Describe your ideal day. My ideal day would be to where I'm bike riding, rollerblading, playing sports with people that I really care about. Um, I love reading. I love learning. So some of that will be in there. Okay. Deep conversations. I love deep conversations, which is why I love coaching. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working out with my friends or whoever I'm with, we're having these deep conversations naturally. It's just who I am. It's, I seem to draw that out in everybody that I meet. Mm -hmm. I get bored with surface level conversations. I just, it's really painful and like pulling teeth for me, which is why I love coaching once again is because we're able to go deep there and it's, you know, and I just really love that. and. Just being free, being able to travel. Like earlier today, I was telling you, I feel like just going right now. Yeah. Like in that moment, I was feeling like just jumping in the car and let's go to, let's go to California. Let's go to New York. Let's go to the mountains. Let's go somewhere, right? Because I feel like when I'm traveling or let's just go across Tampa Bay, let's go to Sarasota. When I'm traveling, I get creative. I get tuned into spirit. I get tuned into my soul and I get all these downloads. If I'm stagnant, I just get really fidgety and really, you know, I have to be just going on the move. So I think that's what my day would look like. And that's what a lot of my days actually do look like now. Yeah. I'm very lucky to say that. So let me ask you one more question until we get to the last question. You mentioned a lot during your conversations about spirit, like tuning into spirit and that sort of thing. Do you consider yourself a medium? Yes. Okay. If tap it, if connect, if talking with past loved ones is a medium, if that's your definition, yes. Every single day. I was going to say, how often can you share with everyone? Every else? single day. Every single day. I, I'm connected in with spirit. It happens so much that it's like, honestly, I, I forget about it. Because mm -hmm. I'm just, it's like, I don't forget about it, but it's just so normal to me. It's like talking yeah. to somebody else at this point. Okay. Amazing. So now, the last question is, is if you had one thing to be remembered for, what would you want that to be? <laughs> I would want that to be when you hang out with me you're able to be yourself 
you're able to tap into spirit, and you're able to see where you're supposed to go with your life. I would say that would be it. And I feel like you do that already. Yeah. Thank you. You're I loved welcome. asking these questions, even though I already know a lot of these answers. I feel like it's important for the world to know. Yeah. Because there's only a small glimpse that you can see through just hosting a podcast. So True. Last thing. Where can they go to get more information about you to book a session or to just see what you're offering? Yeah, so go to TonyCMitchell.com. That's Tony, C as in cat, Mitchell.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.com, and you'll see everything you need to see to find out how to book a session with me and everything else I'm offering. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you liked it, leave a five-star review on iTunes. And remember, subscribe to our YouTube channel too. If you can think of anyone else that would love this episode, share it with them right now on social media or email. And remember, getting results is a process of learning, applying, and reflecting. Stay consistent and continue to grow every day.